This week on Log It, we talk about Shin Godzilla 2016 from Toho Studios, the 31st entry into the Godzilla franchise. Ian just told me that right before I did this. All credit to Ian. I am here with Ian and Angelo. How are you guys doing? What's up? Hey, doing good. Always happy to be back. What up? What up? Very happy to have you guys. Did you guys get a chance to watch Shin Godzilla? Of course. Yes, I did. Oh, was the assignment. Good, good. good. Yes, it was. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? Good. I woke up and watched this movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And Angelo stayed up late and watched it, I believe. Yeah, four four hours of sleep, but I'm doing great. It's still <laughs> fresh yeah. in my brain. Just the, all the roars and me wanting to still go to Japan after seeing disaster <laughs> in the film. Yeah. I still want to go. <laughs> I felt like it made me want to go even more. Really? <laughs> I was so encouraged by this movie. That's true. A movie of cooperation. Ah, just coordination and yeah, yeah, it was great. (laughs) But uh, we will get to that. Want to start off with a question. Ian, you have one. Okay, boys. My question of the day is, what was the last movie you watched on an airplane? I got to know. So I, I usually bring my ipad and have my own selection or my on my phone i download stuff as well but mm-hmm. the last time i actually watched one from the planes selection i was going to the uh philippines for my cousin's wedding a few years ago and i think the only movie i can remember watching on the plane was solo a star wars story because that was one of the only <laughs> options that got me kind of excited to rewatch it and right. it wasn't on home video yet it was just still like freshly out of the theater and i'm like you know what i'll watch a star wars movie on a plane that should be thrilling and i actually enjoyed it on the plane that's good how long is that flight it was like a 14 15 hour flight oh my god with a layover in uh, south korea for like a couple hours so it was like a 17 hour 18 hour day for me (laughs) nike (laughs) so you watched solo Six uh, times. Four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe once or maybe once going and once back. I just felt like oh, watching nice. it. Just but to fall asleep okay. too as well. I'm like, oh, this is a good one to just put on and just it's off. a good time killer. You got pretty visuals and good music. Right. Did that change your opinion on the movie at all? Watching it? A little bit. They didn't have much of a good selection. I mean, that probably says it all for okay. some people who don't like this <laughs> yeah, movie, right. but uh, kind of. I kind of enjoyed it more and more enjoyed, like, the, uh, you know, just for what it was, just like a fun little, you know, spinoff. It's not perfect. Not a perfect movie it's at a all. Romp. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we talked about this on the show and maybe in our Indiana Jones episode, but I did enjoy all the right more the more I watched the yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's under. He's good. Rated in that film, the movie was worse than he was. We want the Alden response. Yeah, yeah, same. And I feel like the movie has a lot of fun, fast-paced moments compared to some of the other movies. I feel like the last half right. it really just gets going with the, the Kessel Run, like that. From then on to the end, I, I really enjoy the fabled so. Kessel Run. Yeah. 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 I'm trying for the life of me to remember and I can visualize watching movies because for me, of course, watching movies on the airplane was exciting for a long time mm-hmm. because you didn't have streaming yet and the streaming options weren't great. And like Angela said, they didn't they would have movies that weren't actually out available after the theater yet. They'd get them before right. rental or streaming or whatever. And so there was always good opportunities, but I always felt very self-conscious about it and very 
mindful of what I chose and whether or not people judge me around me. And it was very like, not- like I think multiple times I wouldn't watch a movie I really wanted to because I was like, I know there's going to be weird scenes in this, and I still want. You're people not to watching look- Porky's on the plane. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I think usually those movies are censored on the plane. I remember just flipping through like some raunchy comedy, and the language was like really. Removed. I think it was super bad. They had like some old selections. I just put it on a curiosity, and they just kind of skipped the language and cut out any. What? Nude- yeah. So I'm like, what's the point of watching this movie? With the language wearing headphones. <laughs> But also, yeah. also, just if there's like a scene where just some weirds happening, where it could just be like a comedy that has like an awkward, like inappropriate scene that's not necessarily like anything nudity or wise, but right. just like awkward, where it's just like you know a guy humping a tree or something, and then you're like, it's like the TV like, edit, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I asked this question because there was a video going around during the Women's World Cup where the host country Australia, I think, won on penalties to go on to the next round. And everyone on this plane was watching the game, except one guy who was watching Return of the King at the part where, like, at the part where, yes. like, someone's just filming kind of like a bird's eye view of all these screens at, playing at the exact same time, the exact same thing. Like, the Australian women just like going crazy after winning this penalty shootout. And there's one guy watching, like, the Grey Haven scene of, like, Frodo going off into the distance. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I thought it was, it was great. I love it. You need it. to invite him on the podcast yeah, he is an I open so invite because that sounds one. like he That's gets a real it one. yeah he gets yeah, it yeah he gets it i mean look, 2006's I love, return I love of the sports, king but exactly yeah um, it's awesome i think like caleb too i have no idea what the last movie i watched on an airplane but the for whatever reason the one that sticks in my head was when i went to south africa in 2010 and i watched tim burton's remake of alice in wonderland which is a weird movie to watch on a really tiny screen. You know, it's like really colorful, really bombastic, just a crazy, crazy movie. And then watching very it on a busy. little headrest, very busy and watching on a little headrest. You know, I was 18. I didn't know any better, but <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy it? I don't know if I enjoy I think I did just because I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. It was like, you know, it was the height of like hot topic. You know, it was probably right up my alley. I probably enjoyed it. I feel like that was a an early... I don't remember what year that came out, but that's kind of like in Speed Racer Camp 2. It was another like it was still kind yes. of weird to have CGI worlds like that was it was still kind of a novelty too. Yeah, I remember, I've only seen it once in a the theater. I want to say it was probably the end of high school around that time. It was 2010. It yeah. Okay, oh, wow, yeah. Okay. So that was yeah. Weird. So it might have been the same thing with Angelo's movie where like they're like we're just gonna put this on the airplanes too it's still in theaters but <laughs> early access if you're Get doing air travel yeah it's a weird movie actually now that i think about it i'm looking at the cast right now and i forgot the um and i don't know the, if i uh, feel johnny Depp's design he looks like carrot top and his face is just yeah. so <laughs> yeah he looks it's interesting bad. he looks really bad i don't know if i was feeling that that look um it's a very interesting decision okay, i I take it back. I hated this movie. I take it back. <laughs> I looked yeah. at screenshots of it. Wasn't a big fan. Um, really wasn't either. So you're no. good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it gives me a headache. Yeah, but I respect it because I feel like later Tim Burton is just. I think that was the tip for me that I was like, I don't know if I'm feeling anymore. Yeah, it was his breaking point. I can't think of the last really, really good Tim Burton movie. Maybe Big Fish might be, and that's a long time ago now. But yeah, no, I haven't seen that movie since it came out when I was I was a kid, so I remember just being, oh, this is like a really cool movie. But that yeah. was the last one I can only remember that 
or was it no he did uh dumbo <laughs> i didn't see that i didn't I, see dumbo you know um... what our, our frontal lobes weren't fully developed so like <laughs> we were just break. we were taking everything you know what i mean we were just like new movie let's watch it i do love ed wood though i think ed wood might be my favorite tim burton movie oh yeah that's yeah. on my watch list yeah, it's good. Check it and out. And Edward Scissor Hands. Dang it, I butchered that it. That too. I do love that one. Um, <laughs> no, no, he's not. He used to make some bangers. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. we're here to talk about Shin Godzilla. Before we get to that, we are going to talk last four. Angelo, would you kick off last four for us? Sure. All right. So my actual last four, without you guys looking at my profile right now mm. so if i'm going to say the last four movies i saw recently disregarding the review of tokyo drift um, uh yeah <laughs> doesn't count so the last one i logged first one of the four i logged was uh 1989's look who's talking i was at a friend's house we were just had, it, just had it in the background while hanging out i haven't seen that since i was a kid and i was very surprised that it's not really a kid's movie there's a lot of like sexual mm. imagery in the film it's kind Tio. of a creepy baby right <laughs> voice by Bruce remember Willis. weird yeah weird baby jokes but yeah, does the mouth move? No, it's all like subconscious. Okay, good. Which it had oh, its okay, moments because yeah, yeah. you just see this baby growing. It's dude, I kid you not. This it was giving me like nightmares seeing uh, the, <laughs> you seeing this fetus inside Kirstie Alley's uh, tummy. You oh my were, god! Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird movie, man. I was very like we were all laughing, having a blast, just you know, yeah, partying and yeah. watching this in the background. I was very like shocked with some of the designs and kind of creepy seeing the a movie. gestating baby. <laughs> yeah. wow. <laughs> you can really kind of like Shin Godzilla. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh yeah, nice foreshadowing. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, you know you could actually double feature this with 2001 a space odyssey because you the movie if you see 2001 <laughs> with this ending with a baby and then this movie kind of opens up with like a, a baby in the womb and the, the oh baby kind of looks like the baby from 2001 when it's in this in this uh yeah the stomach but um it could also be a double feature with look who's talking too <laughs> which i don't know if i'm gonna jump on that right away this is just <laughs> uh because I think Roseanne Barr is the voice of the other baby, so I don't know. If I oh want yeah, to... no. <laughs> Wait, so Bruce Willis is replaced by Roseanne for the sequel? No, his baby sister or is he... Roseanne Barr, or voiced by Roseanne. So it's Bruce Willis with Roseanne? Yeah. Oh no, that's awful casting. Okay, I'm actually have to watch that. I, That's amazing. I, I, yeah, She's just doing the, the Pledge of Allegiance the entire time. <laughs> I'm just I'm still recovering from this movie. It's it's very interesting, especially Young Travolta was good, and there's a lot of like really expensive car chase action in this movie that feels like they're oh, trying cool. to film the French Connection at times. And I feel like a lot of '90s, '80s, '90s movies did a lot more of uh, production with in terms of like not just being Comedies a silly comedy, especially. yeah, yes. There's a lot of thrill. Wait, so I have to ask, what city does uh, Look Who's Talking take place in? I want to say New York because John Travolta New plays York. a cab driver mm. in the film that is Got taking it. care of the hospital. So do the car chases take place in New York City? Yeah. During the daytime. Dude, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> that's why the last 20 minutes, I felt like I, I thought it changed it. French connection with that. Or I thought somebody changed the channel at one point. I was like, this is right. like, not, is this it was the movie? edit. Yeah. yeah. It just jump cuts to like chaos. 
but it, it was interesting rewatching. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I was just happy to find out this was like, oh, this is not really a kids movie. This is like a weird adult movie, but also mm, a yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I thought it was a bizarre movie overall. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that. You've got my attention. <laughs> and the next one on my four was I rewatch. I just was been itching towards a summer type movie, but also horror mm-hmm. since we're bridging towards the fall season. So I rewatched Jordan Peele's Nope from 2022. Oh, last nice. year. Awesome. And the movie just gets better. Every time I watched it, yeah. and last viewing, I actually thought it was for me it was perfect. I felt like everything just felt like I just felt the emotion even harder by the end. Even though I've yeah. seen the, I've seen the movie, I know with some of the reveals, but it's like a you know what his inspiration mm-hmm. from like in Night Shyamalan, he likes to have things layered throughout where everything kind of does add up to its finale and everything right. makes sense. And I think it's awesome. I think it's pretty underrated. I think it's gonna hopefully grow and people will start appreciating it as time goes on might be my favorite yeah Jordan i agree um, movie. i know that might be a bold I was statement say, I think it might be my favorite too yeah just love the aesthetic a lot of anime influences too i'm not a big anime guy yes. but like a lot of the comparison shots from like akira yeah which is actually a movie i love or just like all yeah oh with like the motorcycle or stuff. even like the kaiju-esque monster really yeah. cool with the motorcycle as well or like the motorcycle stuff from exactly yeah shot for shot wow i didn't know i've never um i've never seen those comparisons that's really interesting because like it's funny we were talking uh speed racer just how much influence there was because mm. based on an anime but then just the wachowskis are so influenced by it that i, I right. didn't i didn't feel it in jordan peele stuff or nope specifically at all which is cool yeah, and, and it's crazy. It, it's I, I think it's definitely intentional because Jordan Peele was offered to do the live-action Akira that they've been trying to make mm-hmm. for so long, and he declined That's it right. because he wants to stick to his you know more original horror, horror movies. And and I people are pinpointing that was his almost like his tribute to Akira, just that, that motorcycle right. sequence. And that slide is exactly the same. If you watch those shots comparisons with Kiki Palmer sliding into Jupiter's claim yeah. with the motorcycle. Is, oh, yeah. There's a similar shot so where cool. Akira's like drifting on the like motorcycle. Like the caution tape, is that an Akira thing as well? I don't see, uh, not necessarily the caution tape, just more the move that she like when she slides that shot. Specific. She slides in front of the frames, very similar to Akira. People pin, pin I just thought the that. caution tape thing was so cool, and I was wondering yeah. what the inspiration was, or just that it looked cool because it was just—it's just such a great moment. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, those are the inflatable, like you know, balloons. I love those oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that caution tape kind of goes with it. And and that's just like I just wanted to add. I also agree. I think it's my favorite. I don't again. I don't know if it's like his like best. It might be his best too, but it's definitely the most fun. And I love it too because the twist doesn't uh, ruin rewatch. It actually like improves it, which yes. is like what a good twist should do. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the but yeah, uh, just like such a well well twist? built movie. Just that the aliens not an actual like ship full of aliens. It's that it's a it's like <gasps> oh, a creature. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, at the beginning, yes. you're kind of led to That's believe right. it's possibly like little creepy guys. Right. Um, right. Okay. Got it. There's that great scene where the aliens pop out and scare him, but it turns out to be the Jupiter claims kid kids. Yeah. But then that was like him giving you the scene that you thought the movie was going to be, and then be like, "Nope, not that movie." And so then, like after that, you know, it's a, it's a great, it's a great beat. The shots of the people going inside the alien, like in its stomach, and you see that. The, all oh, that yeah. stuff is so so crazy i love yeah. the way that shot and the it, visuals are like just like so, so beautiful yeah, and, yeah yeah 
it's definitely got some of the best like original moments I've seen on film. Like I've never seen a, a creature above a house like throwing up all this or digesting all the people's like <laughs> blood all over the house. I for, always forget about that scene. Right. And I every time I watch it, I'm like, holy. So cool. And hearing all that t- screaming and crying over the house is so horrifying and so well done. Like the sound design of this movie yeah. is fantastic. The production design is fantastic on the film. Definitely, like yeah, it has it really does like its own reverse Jaws. Like there's a lot of just iconic mm-hmm. moments in the film and. And you, yeah, here when you hear screams in the sky, especially when you know the twist, you're like, "Oh crap!" That someone's just being eaten, like <laughs> flying around that farm. So it's just it's pretty waiting. haunting, and just I think it's well done. It's definitely a well done movie. Yeah, and Kiki Palmer is a was a revelation for me in that movie. Um, mm. She was fun. And also, she was a lot of fun. Maybe my favorite role from um, the lead, whose name I'm blanking on now, Daniel Kaluuya, but, um, OJ, yeah, Big Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. good actor, so good in so many things. Like Get Out, incredible, obviously. Yeah. But this role, I just love how he played. Like, frankly, a boring. He, I don't find him boring, but he's you know, almost he, like a Clint Eastwood type, yeah, or like a John Wayne. Clint Eastwood's a great comp. Just like kind of not like confident in certain situations, which was refreshing to see that he had like social anxiety and wasn't good with the crowd, but was still like very competent in his own way and Mm -hmm. was like comfortable just being his own person. Yeah, just a really interesting character that was really fun to watch and see how he doubles down on who he is throughout the movie consistently where he could kind of fold and and give up. Yeah. And he's such a good actor. He really Mm. he's good at emoting with his eyes. Like I I get to compare it to someone. He doesn't need a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And he's yeah, I definitely thought, especially with his character looking down a lot, is something I caught throughout the movie this time, and that and that's which eventually pays off to the the last half mm. of the movie when the creature is mm-hmm. flying above and he realizes when that horse goes crazy on the set that they were working on is only because they're all looking at the eyes, and that's like a interesting mm. revelation because in the, in the beginning he's always looking down when on, on the set, everyone's talking to him, but he's not looking at anybody at the eye. I, I just caught, noticed that this time, and I'm like, see, that's cool. That's cool little little moments that you established that pays off for the the grand finale of the film i also like the idea of like him integrating not like history but kind of like real world events into his stories you know what i mean like with nope it's kind of like the generational heritage of like the that photo of the guy on the horse like yeah you know know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's like taking like real world things yeah. into the story and yeah. I don't know I, I really enjoyed that part of it too I thought it was really good at crafting that yeah we should do an episode on Nope we did Us which I, I love but I feel like we, be so we down. this definitely could deserve its own hour at least I think so yeah this is a fun one we should come back to this I would love to rewatch it again as well I don't think I'll ever get tired of this one no could lie. be a good Halloween season one for yeah a good, that's um, true let's save it uh, i I can definitely uh, talk all all, all about it right now so yeah let's do it it that's fun that was a great watch (laughs) i know i'm only my second one because i i was like i know i got more things i want to talk about i'm like all right (laughs) the last two was uh in preparation for the movie we're going to talk about today i also revisited 1954's godzilla the original nice whoa in prep for the episode we're going to do today because I haven't seen it. I've only seen that movie like a couple times in my life and it's always been like, Mm. you know, far in between. I haven't seen this in years and rewatching it now, I definitely like admire it a lot more and I really see more of Mm. the the more historical impact of the time and and also the culture of Japan. Like I started to Mm. appreciate that aspect more than just only watching it for the creature, which as much as I love that 
Godzilla character uh, growing up, but just to actually like look into the the film itself, it was yeah, I definitely really enjoyed it. The next one I watched was the movie we're going to talk about today is uh, Shin Shin Godzilla, mm, which nice. is going to be. I can't wait to talk about this with you guys because it's going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> I'm glad you watched the original Godzilla because I watched that as well after Shin Godzilla. And so I'm excited to talk about that in comparison because you mentioned last week, if you like the original, you'll probably like this one. And I really like this one. So I was like, I should try the original. And I enjoyed both of them quite a bit. Ian, would you like to do last four? Yes. Uh, So starting off, I watched the 2002 classic Phone Booth directed by Joel Schumacher never seen this movie oh, nice. it is a great colin farrell performance mm-hmm. it's also a movie that like just can't get made anymore we don't have phone booths you know what i mean it's a really cool contained story <laughs> that's true um uh Kiefer sutherland plays like the the caller the villain and yeah, he he's is good. very very good i love this movie i wasn't really expecting much be- just because I think Joel Schumacher gets stained with his Batman movies. So I think like everything, like anything his name is attached to, I just feel like it's going to be that campy and not to say that this isn't, but I think there's way more. I mean, the acting is far and above, like way better, right? You have like Forrest Whitaker's in this movie. He's awesome. Keeper Sutton, like I said, really, really cool. All takes place in this phone booth for the most part, which is really fun. Yeah. Colin Farrell just plays like this, like, really asshole ad agent who he was just he's really good at it it's also funny to hear him vacillate between his american and irish <laughs> accent throughout the movie because you're like there's like parts where he gets like the really emotional scenes where he's like really emoting he comes out and like just sounds he like just an irish sorts. guy you're like hey, what's happening here but that's um, right. no, i thought that was a really fun movie i thought it was really good have you guys seen this yeah, it's been not since it came out. I think my parents rented that. I was way too young to watch it, but I was I remember being so right. like like edge of my like seat like the whole time like cuz I like how it's all <laughs> in one day, all in one moment like just within an yeah, hour and a half, yeah, yeah. right? It's all real time. So I definitely love that concept and I always remember like that that voice of Kiefer Sutherland was so eerie and so like it's so good chilling and it's been a while since I've watched it like I know not that wasn't the last time I watched it I know I rewatched it like maybe years ago but I remember still like oh yeah this is pretty cool this is a good little thriller and Colin Farrell's good and I mean yeah that's when he has a goatee right he's got like a interesting goatee yeah he has kind of like um a a douche a douchebag I think it's just to enhance the his assholeness but that's, um that's true that's true because it's such a 2000s like style or at least oh, from what i remember from yeah 2000 and late for sure and the ending is so good too the, there's like a little fake out ending where you think it concludes <sighs> yeah. and then there's a bump 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 at the end it's really good after that i think last week i was talking about how i finally saw science of the lambs for the first time yep and once again i watched an 80s classic die hard mm. never seen it before i finally wow. watched die hard nice what do you think amazing it was so 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 cool i love this movie i love 80s la where it's kind of like all these coked out business people <laughs> freaking bruce willis is amazing in this movie i for some reason i'm like looking at his filmography right now and and I do like him. I think he's great in Pulp Fiction. 
<laughs> I, I like him in Looper. I like I like him, but then I, every time, like I think whenever I, there's just nothing about him that you know makes me want to go see his movies. And then after watching this, I was like, oh my god, this guy has so much star power. And I think this is one of his like because he was a TV actor before, yeah, doing this movie. I guess he was he was on a TV show while shooting this movie. I think it's called and, Moonlighting. Uh, <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh he's amazing. Alan Rickman, probably one of the best villain performances ever. Mm. This was his first movie. Uh, or his first like mainstream American movie at age forty, which is crazy. Oh wow, uh, he's forty. Yeah. But um yeah, so cool. And I think when I was talking about Silence of the Lambs, that I was saying how like even though that movie is just so in the in the culture, like, you know, all the references and everything, but it didn't really take away from the movie. And the same thing with this. I remember when I was a kid, I used to walk around my house barefoot all the time. And I would pretend like there was glass on the floor, like John McClane, but I've never seen this movie. So I, I, when I was watching this movie, I was trying to figure out how did that seep into my brain as a child without knowing anything about it or seeing it. But anyway, amazing movie. I love this movie. And yes, it's a Christmas movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then finally, I watched a movie called Togo. Have you guys seen this movie? No, but I saw it on your letterbox. I happened to see you watched it and I was like, interesting. It's from 2019. Move over, Balto. Because Togo's in town. Okay. Is that the Willem Dafoe movie? Yes, it is a Willem okay. Dafoe okay. movie okay. about... It is it is a true story. And basically, Willem Dafoe is a um, oh, my God, what are they called? He's like a sled dog guy. I don't know what the correct term is. But anyway, so basically, the story is revolved around this town in Alaska. This disease spreads. They need to get medicine. So they have to enlist all these sled guys to go get the medicine from the closest town. They can't fly. There's a big uh, snowstorm going on. Right. So basically, Togo is the dog that basically helped this whole town. Everyone credits Balto. There's a movie Balto, right? Mm-hmm. He's the main dog. Balto didn't do shit. Interesting. Balto ran like 56 miles out of like a thousand, however many miles it was. Togo ran the majority of the miles. Does that Why make sense? Get credit? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make Balto sense. Balto just anyway. finished the race? Is that the he thing just where finished he was it. a dog? He's so the one he that brought did... the medicine back. Wow, what a jerk. I hate people like <laughs> what that. What a jerk. <laughs> but anyway. Took all the credit. Um, I loved this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. I love this movie. I didn't mean to say movie. why. I, I love that you loved it. it, I need, it so okay. is the dog CGI or is he real? A real dog. Okay. He's yeah, a real man. dog. I mean, and, I'll watch it. With Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe and a dog. Dude, Willem Dafoe rules. I'm into that crazy thing about this dog, the titular Togo or the dog <laughs> actor, should I say, is 14 generations removed from the original Togo. So oh, this dog that Togo plays line? Togo is part of the family line or the family Incredible. tree. Is oh, that insane? What? Yeah, that's, an, that's crazy. Humble. That's insane. Interesting. Like I said, I cried. I might have just been really tired, but it was a very touching movie. It made me want to get a dog. I know. I kind of just watched this because I was like looking at the ratings. I was like, and people really liked it. I was like, OK, uh, interesting. There's nothing about it that made me want to pursue it. But I started it up and <laughs> yeah, where, where did I, it come from? What was the inspiration for this one? Was it your list? 
Here's my list. Okay. Here's my list of movies. Why and do you think I just this randomly got on the list? It. Because of Willem Dafoe or because dog movie? We can go down. We can go down this rabbit hole. I would love to. Genuinely. So basically, <laughs> I watch list a bunch of movies just regardless. I'll just, you know, so I, I have my so okay hold on well, i'm just curious why this together. got watch no. listed original not why it came up but why why was togo in the pool at all i think just because a lot of people were into it i think that's like the okay, main so reason got, and like, also kind of i like willem dafoe like i think yeah, he's, okay. he's amazing yeah that makes right? sense um but the, i think it you know willem dafoe and a dog doesn't sound it's kind of like um, so you're not inherently a dog fan dog movie fan though it wasn't like i love dog movies not, that's why i was like hoping you would say <laughs> I don't dislike dogs, you know, I like dogs. It's kind of like kid actors. You know what I mean? When you see a movie that's kind of flanked by children or that's like, those are the, that's like the main cast of character. It's a make or break situation. It's the same thing for dogs. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I will say that this movie made me watch the list a lot more dog movies. Snow dogs. Homer's bound. Snow dogs. That's a, that's a crazy Homeward one. Homeward bound did get watch listed. I watch listed nice. old yeller. Classic. Which Homeward bound the original or like the nineties one? Oh, that's, that's right. That's a good question. I loved them both. Uh, well, I think I watch listed yeah. both. I was a big um, fan of talking animals as a kid. Babe, pig in the city. Babe, original of course is a classic. There were a lot of talking yeah. animal movies when we were kids. Yeah. Doctor Doolittle. Pig in the city's pretty traumatizing right it's or a weird no. one but i loved it yeah anything in a monster in the city a character you love in a city home alone in right. a city yeah. I'm all about I mean, it. in a city talking <laughs> animals those are two things where it's a home run for me no matter what that was our 90s childhood angela yeah. the movie you picked i loved when i was a kid because it was a kid in the city and that was the whole thing that i loved about it look who's hmm. talking isn't he get lost in the city or is that the second one with roseanne he, he does in the last like tw- 20 minutes he does get lost in the city yeah, in new so, york so you know, it was a weird ass movie i was like <laughs> oh it's a kid in the city how fun yeah and baby that was our, if you remember yeah. that as well <laughs> which one baby geniuses oh that dude. too that too oh, baby geniuses was incredible dude, also another thing people alone in a theme park when it's closed home run no matter what for me in the movie maybe baby geniuses baby geniuses they're alone in the theme park at the end it's like a dinosaur oh they are it's an indoor dinosaur theme park and they're running around turning the rides on you know it's a ton of hijinks it's awesome and they know how to turn the rides because they're geniuses (laughs) yes baby geniuses Um, look real quick before before i move on i'm sorry i i I don't want to discredit balto Because I think what he did was good. Um, I'm just saying that a lot of people don't know about Togo. And this, so this is just is a me spoiler. being like, did Togo not finish the race because he died? No, no, no. He didn't die of exhaustion. There okay, is like good. a slight happy ending, I, w- I would say. Good. But uh, also fun fact of the guy, Willem Dafoe's character actually retired and died in Seattle. Oh, no way. Yeah. Neighbor. Yeah. Leonard. Leonard Seppala is his name. Anyway. Togo, it's a great movie. Okay, cool. Moving on. Oh, actually, that's it because the last movie I watched was Shin Godzilla. <laughs> nice. <laughs> then I will do mine real quick. I don't have too much to talk about. I watched Killer's Kiss, which is a Whoa. 1955 Stanley Kubrick film. I think it's his first movie, but I would need to double check that. It was really good. Is that or the killing? Right? Oh, the killing might be it. But hmm. it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. A little slow like you'd kind of expect black and white 
reminded me a lot of a Hitchcock movie. It felt very much like mm. uh, somebody doing a really good Hitchcock movie. The cinematography was beautiful. If you're familiar with his photography, it was very similar to a lot of like his like how he frames his photography in the city and just like really awesome black and white New York City shots by Stanley Kubrick, which is like mm. on its own, just like really cool. So I enjoyed it. I'd recommend it again. Kind of slow, though. Uh, and, and like watching it late at night, I was definitely a little sleepy. After that, I watched Shin Godzilla, the English language dub, because I rented it oh, on accident. I had no intention of watching it originally, but it was a uh, interesting. After that, I watched Godzilla from 1954, like Angelo already said, loved it. Then I watched Shin Godzilla, the Japanese language version, and Ooh. it made a big difference. I'll say. All right, we'll take a five and uh, be back to dive into the Tokyo Bay waters of Shin Godzilla. Welcome back. Did my Balto, my Togo story make sense? I feel like when I was talking about it. Okay. No, it made total sense. (laughs) I do want to see it now. You were saying that he did all the work basically and then Balto finished it and got all the credit. And so Togo is the unsung hero. It's like, I think it's more like for the listeners. They're like, what the fuck is he talking about? What race? (laughs) What is this? I think it worked out. No, and I've seen Balto as a kid. So that's kind of interesting that it. Me too. I was going to say, wasn't that the cartoon when we were kids? That was a great cartoon. It was awesome. I remember seeing that in the country. No, so people know. People know what's up. Shin Godzilla, before we went to the break, uh, we were talking about the Japanese language versus the English dub. And Ian, I thought you might have a question. Do you want to jump on that? Well, yeah, I was going to say, because I feel like that's a big, I know with like at least anime or like a lot of the Miyazaki films, there are like a lot of purists that are like, do not watch or yeah, do not watch the English dub. Yeah. Watch the Japanese. And I was wondering if there was any comparison or any like similarities. There were. Um, Hmm. so just in general, I'll say, so again, I didn't mean to do this, so I wasn't trying to be pretentious to pick it apart, but I rented the wrong one and I'd paid for the wrong one, the English language one. So I just watched it. And then I was like, it would be fun to compare. So I felt that the English dub, I hate dubbed versions of movies in general. I don't, I wouldn't, I didn't, 
I don't think I'm a purist. It's just a bastardization of the dialogue usually. And this yeah. reconfirmed that most of the lines were cheaper versions. It's never a direct translation. Yeah, and they're worse. They're like cheapen yeah. the dialogue. Like they make people, they make characters sound stupider. And also the English language dub had some awful line readings that they, sh- I don't know if they were just like doing one take only and then just moved on. But people would hmm. say things with just the wrong intonation. Like, like at one point, they, there's the heroics where they say, he's like, thank you for doing this. And the guy's like, don't thank us. It's our job. You know, and he's like being like, this is right. our job. Like, you don't have to thank us. But he's like, don't thank us. That's our job. As if he's saying right, it's our right. job to thank us. And it's like, well, that wasn't the actual line. Like, you read it wrong. Like, redo it. Like, you that that made it sound like you were saying it's our job to thank ourselves. Yeah. It kind of takes you out of it. It's horrible. I really was like, and like, I at one point, my wife, uh, watch the Japanese language version with me later, but she kind of jumped in for the last 20 minutes of the English dub. And I had to ask uh. her to leave because she kept laughing at the line readings. And I'm like, <laughs> I just need to finish it. Like I'm actually super into it. I, I, like I've been able to get past the English dub. And I was like, I just need to right. finish it. Like I, I you're you. right. You're right. They are. Every line is laughable. And I, at the beginning I was, I was laughing, but they, <laughs> they, they, were, they were horrible. They, they, it was really a, like sad. It's interesting you say that because I had some issues with, and we'll get into this, but there's a character that goes from Japanese to English, and it, that took yeah. me out of the movie. But I'm glad you watched both versions. You did it for the cause. Yeah. It turned out to be worthwhile because yeah. the Japanese version is much better. Characters sound yes. way more accurate to how they look and how like the the line it just makes so much more sense in the in the dialogue the, the is better like the script right. is better like they they really ruin like when they sh- try to shorten things they need to get better writers because it's a mm. it's a disservice to the original movie because anybody who's an american watching the english language version who doesn't understand how dub versions can be awful like that just thinks it's going to be a bad movie like it's 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 kind of crazy to think about like somebody's whole impression yeah. of that movie might be that version which isn't even yeah. like the same one as a kid I, I used to love rewatching uh kung pao enter the fist and that movie kind of ruined the idea <laughs> they, they do make fun of dubbing a lot in that movie intentionally yeah so when i want to see like actual like serious japanese movies or any foreign movie where it's a dub i just think about kung pao and it just takes me out i just laugh because mm-hmm. i understand like it just it just looks off under talking and the voice doesn't match the person you know so no right <laughs> and they have to like stay lines really fast to fit it into the shot yeah. that doesn't quite you know the translation <laughs> Yeah. is so much longer so you have to like bastardize yeah they're um, not there on the day there's no like emotional integrity with the duh it's just like it's bad it's bad in this case i don't want to sound like pretentious watch whatever you want to watch but i would if you want a truer experience right. watch the japanese language version with the subtitles it's kind of a pain and you, you feel like you miss stuff which is a bummer but ultimately you get a, i felt like a better experience and just the overall sound designs better with the original dialogue mm. like having the awful dub version audio come in that just sounds like a person in an empty room no matter what's the context of the scene is is right. so distracting in its own right but the actual movie i had no idea what to expect for this truly i was like a little mm. worried like at the end of last episode i asked angela if i'd picked a good movie or not because i was like i don't know if this might be kind of boring i'm like worried this would just be kind of there won't be much to talk about I, I liked it way more than I expected to. And I was pretty hyped right. for the trailer originally. And it was kind of exactly what I had wanted from the trailer seven years finally later, where I'm like, oh, no, mm. I should have watched it right away because it's awesome. It feels like I've, I haven't seen the original. Look, I've only seen... <laughs> 
1998 Godzilla. Oh, yeah, which I love that <laughs> one, too. Yeah. Which, first off, I would like to get into kind of our histories with Godzilla. But anyway, so like that was my intro. And then also the the newest um, monster verse uh, Godzilla movies. But w- after watching this one, this feels like the most true to form, if that makes sense, or like true mm-hmm. to like the heritage and history that is Godzilla. Yeah. Which was a, a big enjoyment on my uh, when I was, while I was watching this. Yeah, I agree. I, this one definitely takes it back to like the more grounded roots of what the original was doing mm. and being more about a, a statement than being just a typical monster movie. Cause I, mm. cause I, I, I grew up watching this Godzilla movies. I remember getting into the Godzilla background now, or are we still yeah, just no, go about? for it? Whatever, wherever, wherever it. you need to go to talk about it, man. Yeah. Cause you know, growing up, I also grew up with the 98 Godzilla. Cause as a kid on a birthday party, someone gave me a giant version of that. Godzilla. So cool. I thought it was awesome. I had it on my shelf and my parents were like, this is disgusting. Yep. Right? When every time they walk in my room seeing the shelf. But uh like, you it, don't get it. <laughs> so like Godzilla was there. I never like watched I feel like I always catch the movies on TV or in the backgrounds and mm. places. I never like fully watched all the, the original Japanese until I mean I still have I've only seen the original and I think one or two of them and I still need to refresh my memory on those. But uh yeah, no, I, I people would always give me Godzilla toys as like gift like i had the the original godzilla and then the, the robot one the mm-hmm. things mecha godzilla tiny one so i always sick. had like these cool toys and i always toy. wanted to like fully get into like godzilla but then then we had the american remake so we're kind of just used to like oh these are just like typical monster movies destruction which i know there's a lot of those but this one really just goes back and just being like talking about more about japan as like a character more than these right. movies that have these typical you know cliche like family drama like in the, the gareth edwards godzilla it feels more metaphorical than the other ones yeah or like, like the american ones yeah i yeah. agree and I've seen complaints that this that the movie doesn't have enough characters to grasp on on this film, but I really think it's mm. not. This is because if you're gonna characterize things, it's just gonna be the king of the monsters, the 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 last one that came out, the American ones. I loved how focused it was on one group of characters. I actually thought it was so refreshing. And actually, what watching the original, one of the little things that I wish that that I would have preferred. It's not even bad. It's just like my, I'm realizing some I like, I, 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 I didn't like how many characters there were in the original and how we bounced around to the different stories. And I loved how this had a very strong singular point of view where what we see as an audience is similar to the info that the people we are following have. So we only have the info that our characters have for the most part. Right. And so like so much of this movie is, something happening for 10 seconds and we see Godzilla ripping apart a street. And then the next 15 minutes is everybody trying to understand what just happened and what to do about it. And so it's not like where they're constantly throwing action at you and it's just kind of chaos. It's like there's small little action. Like, again, it's kind of like how real disasters happen. Like I couldn't help but think about nine 11 with all this stuff, especially since it just happened. Well, that's what you're watching. You're just right. Right. You're watching a reaction to a disaster and just kind of the red tape and bureaucratic mess that is involved. And the usual creation of a disaster is a moment. It's like 10 seconds Mm -hmm. or 30 seconds. Like if we're using 9-11 as an analog, you have the planes crashing. And then for hours, people are just talking about the planes crashing and what it is and trying to figure that out. And then the buildings fall. And then for 26 years, we're just talking about what happened and trying to understand, you know, and what it means. Where I think if we had gone to people 
who were in the street and had a storyline about a family who was dealing with the crisis on a POV level it right. dragged and felt like it weighed the story down. And then we're looking at like a two and a half hour movie versus a two hour movie. Right. It's funny that you say that because there is a scene in this movie where <laughs> I think it's like the first time you get like even a couple of minutes with a family. <laughs> yes. They're in for one they... scene. <laughs> <laughs> and they immediately die. And you're like, yeah. great. These weren't even the people we were focusing on. I thought they're going to get a here. little side story about this family right. trying to survive. Right. But nope. And it's true kind of what you were saying too, Caleb, because I actually like the Aaron Taylor Johnson Godzilla movie. I actually do enjoy that. And I do great like stuff. the idea of it. I like the idea of it focusing on those characters and getting and then having Godzilla kind of be in the background is like as yep. this big, immense, like kind of, you know, monster. But yeah, you're right. I do like the idea of it, of it not breaking up so much. Like you have like kind of your two, like you, you, you have your two banks of characters. You have like the government officials and then you have Godzilla, even though you don't get like um like a point of view from from it or from him. But no, I, 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 I like that. That was cool. Yeah. No, and I, and I really like how you bring up like like real life disasters since the, the conception mm. of Godzilla was because of mm. uh, mm-hmm. it's funny how we've I think the last few videos we've been talking about this movie and the real person Oppenheimer about the guy who creates the yep. atomic he, bomb. He circles and, back again. Hiroshima. So this this the whole concept of Godzilla really was the creation of of it's more a metaphor of the the fallout that happened in Hiroshima mm. and and that this is supposed to be a metaphor for like terror and and all that destruction so it's kind of interesting that like they're trying to go f- back to what that original kind of has really about yeah. like destruction and but more like a um what you call it um something more relevant in terms of real life disasters but using Godzilla as that like metaphor a for metaphor. yeah mm. In this movie, Godzilla is a direct result of a creature eating nuclear Mm. waste that it was in the bottom of the ocean. What I thought was interesting was this felt like they had repurposed Godzilla to represent Japan's modern struggle with nuclear power, being a country that is currently kind of shaped in a post-nuclear world like there's one line in shin godzilla where uh, the main character who is awesome says post-war lasts forever doesn't it or something to that effect basically meaning japan even in 2020 is a post-war nation even though the war is over 50 60 years ago well they even mentioned that in the movie too where one of the characters says like i will not like like my family already survived two atomic bombs. I, w- I won't go through like another one essentially. Yeah. Right. Yes. And I don't know enough about geopolitics to know how accurate this is or if it's a good opinion, but what it felt like to me was a country, the original movie was basically like, Oh, nukes are this new power. We don't, we can't understand. And we kind of want, nothing to do with them like we accept this new power but also like Hmm. we've seen the horror like there's so many great shots in the original and then this one of kids in like in recovery and like makeshift hospitals just like stunned in their faces you're like oh this was imagery from the nuke directly like this is obviously Hmm. what people saw after the nuclear bomb of these kids that 
were dead eyed and had seen horrors they you know should never see. To me, it felt like a nation that knows it's in a nuclear world now, where like hmm. nukes are part of it. But the the way they have to deal with Godzilla in this movie represents the way they have to deal with like nukes, where. Um, like, like this movie acknowledges that nukes happened originally. They'd reference it a lot. In the original Godzilla, they never actually addressed the nukes. I'm fucking losing my train of thought. Well, Somebody no, I wonder if that's interesting because this movie was made in 2016, and I feel like it feels like a movie that was made during the height of, like, the whole Trump situation, yes. North yeah. Korea, all this stuff. Like, like I feel like it's definitely mm-hmm. in conversation with that. No, I was going to say, I was reading, I remember reading earlier. No, no. Just because what you were saying was pretty pinpoint, oh, nice. broad, inspir- or at least like in terms of like reaction to disasters. Yeah. And the Fukushima nuclear disaster was a that big influence dude. on this, oh, as well as the um, oh, man. the 2011 hurricane and tsunami. Mm, like those played a yeah. huge integral parts about Crazy. the story. And I thought that was so interesting, too, about how the movie is less based on like these personal relationships between people involved in the disaster and more the people, the governing body and how they react, which I thought was really interesting. I've never seen I was trying to think of other not not like, I guess, disaster movies. It's very pro bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never seen them filmed in that way where you're getting like kind of just the way it's filmed too like i feel like mm-hmm. those close cuts of the bureau cuts you get like all of them almost going like down the line like down the chain of command to the prime minister and all doing the exact same thing it almost seemed like um uh, i don't know if you guys have seen a movie called in the loop which is kind of like um so good yeah it's kind of it's like a movie i haven't seen it's it in a long a TV time show, but right yeah but kind of like mocks kind of that idea of like all these higher ups and officials kind of the filmmaker made veep so it's very much the same tone yeah. of veep and how mm. it kind of mocks american politics but also and, is very kind of on point right and it didn't <laughs> seem like yeah and this exactly this kind of almost felt satirical in a way too i think just in the way it was shot and kind of just the the characters the representations of all the um kind of the the different ministers and the officials and even like when kind of the u.s government gets involved they all kind of seem like almost um like like puppets of what they're supposed to represent i don't know if that makes sense but it was just like it was interesting it kind of felt like kind of like mocking in the face of like this is what like when this happens this is what essentially this is how it's going to play out basically Dude, totally felt that. Do you know what movie yeah. I really wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance to? Doctor Strange Love or How to Stop oh, yeah. Worrying and Love the Atomic Bomb or whatever the whole name is. But it, that movie is all about what you basically described in this, where it's like mocking how this would be handled and like kind of cartoonizing all these like military people and just showing the absurdity of government, which is what I think does well. And then it gives you like this like superhero Luke Skywalker government guy who is like kind of represents it to me it was like a total like the writer writing a perfect politician in his mind he's like he's of the people he never goes home he like you know but he still believes like in like Like he stands his ground he has morals he has a moral yes yes and he's gonna stand up to the americans and like he's gonna advance japan but also like remain honorable you know Mm -hmm. uh and also Edgar Wright with how you were describing how it represents certain characters and like the editing of the scenes. My wife actually said, I'm served Edgar Wright. But does that make sense? Like the way it was shot? Like, did you guys get that? Like the, Oh yeah. No, I was going to say, I wrote my notes. Like it feels like it was filmed like a comedy. If that makes sense, especially the scenes where it's like, uh, when it's just purely 
government officials. <laughs> yes. And there's yeah. some there's hilarious like, moments. There are some great like, beats. When the prime minister, he's like, get my suit. And it's just like an Armageddon type, like, flight suit. And I was like, oh, my God. I love that. I thought that was so funny. Anyway, sorry. Also, when um, the the main character, who's, I can't remember his name. I'll have to double check real quick so I don't have to keep doing it. Uh, Rondo. Randy, or wait, no. Rando Hiroki? Rando Yaguchi. Yaguchi? Yaguchi. What was that his Yaguchi. name in the movie or is that the guy who plays him? No, that's, that's the same. I don't even know any of the, the characters' names. Like I forgot all the names. In the movie. There's so much characters but in this one. The main you know guy cool is like, this? "We need to know. I need to know everything about the monster. I need to know how we can kill it. I need to know yeah. what it's made of." And there's yeah. these three guys looking at him. He's talking to, and they go, "Sorry, sir, who are you talking to?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just hilarious because it's like an action moment, and then they're like, "What?" Like, it's weird too because it gets to the point where there's so many characters in this movie that you kind of don't know who's playing who at some point which also kind of fe- I, I don't know like to me that also yeah. just kind of really felt- need to know the main guy the prime minister and his rich politician yeah. friend like really yeah. and the, the aide to the US president yeah those are the core characters the rest like, of them are just government of. cool guys <laughs> but I also hear that about like some comedic parts because it's there are times you see this real like crazy destructive disaster and it just jump cuts to these yeah. intervals just sitting around yeah. like, uh, what do we do uh which is also like you were saying it's a good satire of like just you know not just japan's government but just the government for every country how they re- exactly. react to disasters it's like dude the clock's ticking so you got to do something you know they're just being just assholes throughout most are just indecisive have no idea what they're doing well, yeah and they don't they don't really touch on this in the movie to continue on that thought angelo but what i kept thinking was if you had attacked when he was still in his first evolutionary phase or second mm. when he's coming on land would he have we been talk- more vulnerable to all the missiles and you could have just like pulverized them and because yeah. like i kept because they they by the time they finally attack and so they don't even what? attack at that point is he's standing up already which is like his like third evolution i believe well, that's the funny part too, and I, I do want to talk about the evolution because yeah, the Godzilla's balls dis- like a yeah. fucking Pokemon in this movie. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, real quick, dude. Okay, so there's that part where he basically Godzilla comes. There's like this big reptilian thing. This is like first contact, and then they're like. Well, as long as it doesn't get on land, like the gravity will destroy yeah. it. It won't be able to get on land. strong enough to hold all that yeah, weight. Yeah, and then it, and oh my god, just stuff like that. I just thought it was so funny. I was like, felt almost like personally attacked in a sense that I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of also would like just wait until just to see what happens. Like I'm very much a wait and see instead of like a we need to act on this now. So I was like, oh okay, okay, yeah. I could see why they would why they would uh, take that. Uh, take that side the evolution get into it i've never seen that before i've never seen that um i actually really i thought it was cool i like the idea of it kind of evolving yeah so when it first comes on to land so its first form is a fish version where it swims like a alligator and then it flops on land and basically (laughs) slithers like a snake and like right and kind of uses its hind legs just like push itself through the and so there are these awesome shots of just its head flat on the ground, like literally like a snake slithering yeah. through yeah. buildings and this like uh, alleys. But it's kind of comical, like you're saying, like a little he, bit. He yeah, looks, but I love it. I thought it worked perfectly because it's horrifying because he looks just like a little fucking freak. You know what's? 
But you know what's so funny is that it felt like an an homage to the like original Godzilla movies where it felt like a man in a suit. You know what I mean? Like those kind of like first couple of stages. So for that, but I really liked it. I would be lying if I said I didn't immediately crack up when I first saw like it kind of like blubbing around. I I don't think that was against. I don't think that was. I don't think they cared. I think they were okay with it being funny though, right? Because they were like saying there's so many funny beats that to me it was just part of the absurd. Like like, oh, this is just a. Well, because the VFX makes it look like it's like a chicken or something with his big yes, eyes. Exactly. And everything. Big, buggy, <laughs> like googly eyes. Which I'll say that the, I'm happy VFX get better as the film goes, as Godzilla yeah, falls. They definitely saved it for the finales. Yes. Which I agree. Also, Ian, sorry to cut you off, but you also yeah, mentioned please. about a guy in a suit. There was actually, I guess, behind the scenes, they did have a guy in a motion capture suit doing the Godzilla. I did see movement. that. That was cool. Awesome. So okay, that, cool. That makes sense when That's he says a man wiggling around, because I think it was just some guy in a room just moving around <laughs> and i awesome. kind of like that in terms of like i don't watch a lot of japanese cinema but i kind of love the idea of just like the heritage you know where they're like very true to that and they're like yeah it's 2015 or 2016 but that doesn't like this is what this is how we do things here i don't know if like the american godzilla movies had a mocap person i would assume I they wouldn't so. doubt it so I actually enjoyed it, but there's a so there's this YouTube video. Sorry to go off the rails. There's a YouTube video from 2011 called "Going to the Store," and it's a it's username David Lewandowski, and I just could not get that out of my head watching the very first version of this like amphibious Godzilla. You guys can watch it later. You have to watch it now. But uh, I just it's just like this CGI man walking down the street, just like looking all flippy, floppy. It looks awful. Anyway, anyway. Um, but like I, yeah, like Angelo said, the CGI gets way better. And there's a part where yeah. kind of in his final when they're kind of like going through the stages of his evolution, which I also really like too. So fun. Um, it, was, it was amazing and like really terrifying. There's a couple scenes when Godzilla has like he has this like power to like he's basically fed off all of this nuclear energy, so he's able to like explode that from his body. And there's yeah. a few scenes where he goes like full Godzilla and just wrecks wrecks Tokyo and it's like really haunting and the way it's shot there's like a couple scenes like overhead scenes of him just like towering over just fire and like broken building it was amazing if we could jump then into how they shot the monster stuff because it was very refreshing to me they were it's very like you said distant like where you get to see mm. the scope of what he's doing i feel like a lot of american action explosion stuff has come into trying to make it look as big as possible like so you want to be close up with the wide angle lens where the monster's over you and the explosion is like taking up the whole screen and you don't like see the city as much i feel like you're usually like especially the new godzillas i just feel like mm. it was very like claustrophobic for the most part and this one's very like it's almost like you're seeing security camera footage that just mm. happened to catch little bits of it. Again, it feels very realistic to seeing stuff on the news where it's not like it everything's perfectly framed. In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. But there's like great shots where like the the bottom two thirds of the screen is just a idyllic city. And then mm. in the top third, you can see his feet stomping and that's it. Yeah. Like you just barely see his fit, feet. And then another one, it's like a tree where the most of the screen is just a pretty tree. And then Godzilla's like little tiny head popping up over well, it. 
<laughs> yeah, it's such a smart way just to uh, depict scale, like the scale of yeah. this monster. And they even talk about in the movie, they're like, it's getting yeah. bigger. And you can yes. see that just in the way, Dude, yeah. the way, the way they shoot him too. Awesome. Yeah, they keep getting yeah. wider. Like when he's in the snake form slithering through the city, there are a lot of close ups that are more claustrophobic. Mm. And then as he gets bigger, you get wider and wider. Like you're saying, there's a great shot when he... Uh, starts burning the city where it's really wide and he's like up here walking and you can see like his whole body like this big on the screen walking down in the fire the fire just raging across tokyo behind him and it's stunning it was just really powerful and haunting like genuinely it's rare in a monster movie i really feel hopelessness with how they're going to beat the monster but this one i was like (laughs) how can they how can they beat he just destroyed this like they already lost right like yeah what are they going to do now I think it, I love how like they pay homage to the original where he just moves so like slow and chill around. He's not yes. just moving yeah. fast like yes. King Kong or anything. He's just like you know taking yeah. his time. He's just hanging around. Yeah. Well, which building want to knock down now? <laughs> he's just kind of right. he's almost like boring. Like it doesn't even seem like he realizes he's. It's only when the American or not Americans. But it's only when the they start attacking him and drop trying to shoot him that he does the defense thing of shooting lasers. So sick. So I think it's like it feels like it's like if they didn't attack him would he he probably could have kept destroying the city but would he have done his laser beam mouth shot and destroyed and destroyed the city scene was so cool where basically his bottom jaw splits into two to base almost like an anaconda yeah like trying to swallow its prey yeah good that that stuff was like i mean that's what they saved the cgi for was like to make that like it at its most devastating it was so cool it was stunning and then when the beam focuses and so first it's just like a big fireball kind of yeah. and then it focuses and turns into like a literal laser beam and it gets like high. Yeah. The, the sound design in this movie i think angelo maybe somebody already said it but the sound design in this is incredible whoever said it already yeah yeah and i think this is probably my favorite of the more modern look of godzilla because this is what feels more resembles the original and exactly that's what i was yeah. thinking too yes i was surprised how simple i didn't realize how creepy like uh tumor he was in the original very similar yeah. look i didn't like that and I, I i do like the gareth edwards design too it, but that one actually looking back on it feels like a hybrid of what the original was and even the 98 godzilla has a more of a lizard exactly especially in the face right yeah this guy was way creepier than any other godzilla i've seen though well, there's yeah. like open wounds it looks like you know what I mean? like where you yes. can see you He's can like see the, yeah you can see the radioactivity like kind of like coming out from its body i love that an interesting thing with this Godzilla, so he first emerges at the water. This movie, so this movie opens exactly like the original. It has the same Toho oh, uh, uh, frame of the Toho production company, and then it opens with these really haunting bangs. There's like three bangs over the titles, which is just like between the two movies made such an impact on me. I'm obsessed with it, and then opens with the wake, the wake of a boat. And that's the very first shot in both movies. And then both of the first exposures to Godzilla are on a boat in both movies. This time they're trying to find a scientist who's gone missing. The other one, it's just like a team of fishermen, I think, who get attacked by Godzilla, like the 1998 one, too. So the opening shot of the boat that's empty, there's like a professor that kind of plays a part in the movie later on. Is that supposed to be his? Is that just a random boat? I was confused by that. Yeah, we never meet this professor. I right. believe he's dead. Also, we is he fu- related we... to like? Is, I thought he was like almost part of the original movies. They made it seem like some like 
so okay so this is interesting so <laughs> so this one i don't think we ever meet the scientist but he's the one who unraveled godzilla's genome and he predicted godzilla so he knew about oh, it because his wife died of of nuclear radiation poisoning right and so he became obsessed with shutting down or depowering nuclear whatever and so he figured out Godzilla was coming before and war- tried to warn people. And so that map that they realized needs to be origami to be correct of the genome sequence or whatever, mm. that was all them trying to uncover that guy's mystery. So he died and then, but they knew uh, he had figured it out kind of already. It. But in the original, there is a scientist who invents something called oxygen destroyer that is eventually used to kill Godzilla. But what's really interesting is he's like a direct analog for Oppenheimer. So oxygen destroyer is a substance you can drop in water that will kill all of the life in the water and then liquefy it. So with one little drop of oxygen destroyer, you can wipe out all the life in Tokyo Bay, which would obviously be just so destructive to Japan's you know ecosystem. And so in this movie to let anybody use it and he knows it can help kill Godzilla but even then he's like it's too powerful and if it gets into the wrong hands it'll be worse than what Godzilla can do I believe so I'm not going to let anybody use it it's a big thing they keep trying to convince him and eventually he has one example of it and he lets the sample go to to, uh, kill Godzilla but then he destroys all of his research so no one can ever recreate it and then in the end which was a beautiful haunting scene in the original they go down underwater and they dive to the bottom mm-hmm. of the ocean and they drop the gravity dest- or the oxygen destroyer. But the point is he ends up killing himself at the bottom of the ocean too. Again, mm-hmm. so nobody can ever get this power because it's too destructive. Can I say something really fast? Just thinking about what you were just saying. It's so interesting to kind of with the Japanese version. So with the American Godzilla version, from what I remember, it's like a lot of Americans trying to like harness Godzilla and have it almost be like their weapon. Like the or military, like it, it the, comes the to their aid. one. Yeah, or just or even the, these like the newest, yeah, yeah, the newest ones. And then with the Japanese versions from, I think this is the only one I've seen, but it's basically like this is death this is de- destruction yes. you cannot harness this like you cannot use this for making your... a deal with the devil exactly and they i like that <laughs> the japanese versions just realize that whereas like america's like no we can you want to overpower or like, it and <laughs> yeah or like or like godzilla come comes to help them but like, that wouldn't well, happen godzilla <laughs> would eat you okay so now let's get into america godzilla versus japanese godzilla because there's some hilarious shin godzilla jokes about america versus japan mm-hmm. first of all the name shin godzilla they make fun of the name Godzilla a lot directly, and they t- joke about how right. it's an American invention, so who cares anyway? We'll just use the Japanese version. Right. And that, I believe, is a callback to the original film, which in Japan was released as Gojira, which means mm. God incarnate. 1954 is the original Godzilla. 1956, Godzilla, comma, King of Monsters, exclamation mark. I turned this movie on. The very first shot is the same. And I go, hmm. cool. They're opening it the same way. Shin Godzilla did it. This Maybe this is a thing where every Godzilla opens with the boat wake and the boom, boom, boom yeah. at the beginning. And then 
they start recapping the last movie. And I'm like, okay, interesting, a little recap. And then they start adding a new character to the recap. And I go, huh, so this is going to be about the wake of Godzilla from a new character's point of view. And it's an American guy. So interesting. They wanted to capitalize on the American market. So they added an American character for the sequel. Uh, interesting. Then all the Japanese people are speaking English and I go, I don't want to watch the English dub again. I want the Japanese version. Let me figure out how to get the Japanese version of this movie. Here's what I realize. This is a horrible, horrible bastardized version of the first movie. This is an English remake slash like re-release where they took the original Japanese footage and shot an American guy to fit into the old footage. So it's literally just like a hack job. So the main character is uh, the same guy who plays uh, Lars Narwald in the, uh, in rear window, who is the bad guy. So if you remember the, Mm -hmm. the murderous neighbor in rear window, Mm -hmm. he plays the lead guy in Godzilla King of monsters. And he's a reporter from America who happens to be in Japan when Godzilla attacks. So we see the whole first movie from his point of view. Wait, so, so they took they took the original footage and shot new footage and edited into and just the original. Made the movie to oh, fit in with their new footage. So it's like they bastard. It's a horror. It's and it's painful to watch. Painful. And I was right. so hyped going. And it's like, oh, who did this? Why? This is a travesty. And so this is the movie where they they t- named him Godzilla. And so the the Shin Godzilla oh, is making fun of the original bastardization of Godzilla into Godzilla King of Monsters, mm. the American. And I haven't finished it, but I bet thematically it falls apart. I bet all of the like reverence towards Godzilla falls apart. I'm very, I'm very excited. The guy like rides Godzilla into wow. the distance or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. And so another thing with the America stuff in this one, you mentioned the different takes between Godzilla films in America and Japanese. In this one, they actually talk about how the U.S. government is so interested in Godzilla because there is a new unknown um, elements mm. in him that would obviously be a real advantage to have. Right. And they're like, oh, well, this makes sense why the Americans want him. They want and to so, mine like, them. They don't even yeah. like care about that <laughs> for the most part, but that they know the Americans are just trying to get their hands on everything, which could be a commentary on the film too right yeah that's so funny they're gonna mine him for like minerals to make (laughs) ipads and stuff (laughs) that's an interesting look though that's a a nice meta way to see like you know how the americans you know took their creature pretty much and then commercialized commercialized that yeah yeah it's very very kind of a mere observation franchises i was gonna say that sounds like something we would do and i don't i might be reading too much into it but um i think to i think for sure like the naming for sure they're making fun of uh, america's godzilla yeah and, and i especially when this movie is supposed to be almost like a reset of a reboot of the whole godzilla like you know character creature yes that you kind of yeah yeah like this is because i was kind of confused i thought this was still a sequel so in the beginning i'm like oh is this a different creature swimming around like oh no i thought too yeah and then you realize oh this is a when i looked it up it is a uh, kind of a loose remake of the original that's what they were trying to do but more for the modern times of you know japan and the world And it's it's a good uh, if we're talking like reboots, like in the Star Wars era, it's a fantastic reboot. And I agree. A perfect example of a movie that is made in the spirit and like the intent of the original. I kind of said this at some point and I don't remember if we're recording or not, but this movie was extremely uh, 
encouraging to me and like i loved how pro-humanity yeah. it was in an age of like cynicism and like anti like um government which i think is you know a lot of the time well deserved but it was just mm-hmm. nice seeing like a, a, a optimistic movie about leaders who really care about doing the right thing in their country yeah i i agree and it, i feel like not to keep harping on this but i feel like if this was an american movie there would be like a post credits <laughs> scene where the american president has like some genome of Godzilla to recreate. You know what I mean? Like there's yes. no, and like, they already have like three. They already have like three little yeah. little yeah. Godzillas <laughs> growing in banks. <laughs> like we'll never lose another war with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a remake of the '98 ones when they have the baby Godzillas. Literally right. The, yeah. And the military wants them. I think in that one too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch it though. <laughs> and then even the new Jurassic Park literally that too where the military yeah. just oh, wants yeah. to use them for the subplot with the raptors as we- trying to use them as weapons you're like okay yeah. <laughs> good luck <laughs> i would say i like I, I think i said earlier i don't watch any anime so i was actually thrown off by the music in this movie because it kind of it goes from like these beautiful strings there's like a few sequences where it almost sounds like a james bond theme song there's a couple of those which i that's it that's a compliment i thought it sounded beautiful of just like Japanese rock music which like totally threw me off and I was like I was I went on Reddit because I was confused I was like what's going on and then someone was basically just because like someone had the exact same question and they're like oh it's just kind of an it's just I, don't, I wouldn't say it's like an homage to like anime music but it's like an influence you know what I mean because I guess a lot Japanese of more just like the, a yeah and this guy the director also did evangelion which is like a very popular anime franchise oh so i'm wondering if like maybe but anyway i just some influence i was just thrown off by there's like a couple scenes where i'm like the the scenes that involve the classical music i would almost say like didn't warrant it like if you reversed the rock music and the classical music if you if you switched them it would make more sense. Like there's a, the scenes that involve the rock music are like the bureaucratic, like guys like passing papers around. And you're like, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> so I'll, I'll um, take the exact opposite uh, yeah. opinion. Um, and not to disagree, hopefully just for fun to talk about it. No, um, disagree, please. But I am um, or to disagree, but in a fun way, not to be an asshole. Um, we can swear. Now, I thought it so was just like, remember that. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. I think I felt like it was purposefully uh, reversed. And uh-huh. and so I loved that when we went to the city, there was like reverence for everything happening mm. again. Cause it's like the moment where everybody stops and watches the TV and everyone gets quiet and they're like, Oh God, something's happening again. Right. And then you're just kind of watching in horror and waiting to see what happens. Cause that's like another thing you feel in this movie. They have no control. Once Godzilla starts <laughs> doing something, it's just kind of like, all right, like let's see, like hopefully, uh-huh. you know, until the second half of the movie where they really start trying to do stuff. So what I thought was really fun about it was it makes the, 
team stuff, the action moments. That's a really good point. For me, I, really point. I didn't even think of it that way. I got hyped. So it's like, okay, what are we doing, guys? And then music would kick up and everyone's like talking and they're all like all these. It's kind of like Star Trek 2 where nobody, there's no infighting. Everybody on the team has a common goal for the most part. And so you just get to enjoy watching a bunch of experts go, well, we believe because of this that this is going to happen. And we believe because of this, this is going to happen. Like, sure, we're just getting reports that this is now happening and everyone's just kind of doing their best to stay stay on top of it and so it's like action 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 and you're like okay i'm hyped i think we're gonna do it this time and then you cut to godzilla and he's just like yeah and it just stops like oh we have no power it doesn't matter how hyped we get this guy is just gonna fucking walk through the city and so then i'll also say the original has very similar sequences where there's Mm. big destruction that's horrible and then it cuts to people in a room figuring things out and it picks up the music again and so i do think it was kind of uh the rhythm of the original movie too to a degree like, would okay. you agree with that angela or am i kind of mis misreading that no i agree it definitely does harken back to the original and and, and also what you're saying Ian, about anime like this totally is makes sense that the director originally came from anime so this really does have right. live action anime especially with the music that's something that's an anime thing and i don't watch a lot of mm. anime but from you know experiences and things i've watched i, I could kind of pinpoint and see the comparison to that well even it into addition in addition to what you guys are saying in terms of like the like the music heightening like like almost like the team up nature they also get costumes they get like matching outfits which is also like i actually loved because everyone's like basically like, get into uniform and they're all these like flight suits they all look really it's like cool a, it's like an astronaut it's like our, like you said i think somebody said armageddon but it's like a- astronaut suits right. kind of they look very cool i want one <laughs> yeah those would be cool yeah so i i okay i like i like that point of view of it just being like the these are like the heroes of the story you know yeah there's, uh, there's also a great moment so the prime minister and all of his cabinet basically dies in a helicopter yeah. crash godzilla zaps him and good. he kind of takes over and starts his own team to like kind of start i love he's, that. he becomes the head of the emergency response which in this case is everything so there's this awesome moment where they have their new team and he's like okay everybody you guys are the freaks yes. the weirdos the outcasts the people no one else wants you guys are the, the people that are paid in the ass and I want you to like ruffle some feathers so let's get to work and then they like start throwing papers around They're like what? this is all we have I'm like yes we need to fill in the blanks it's your job to figure out what else and then they're like okay here's our report uh, and I don't know that stuff I just like loved. no that was good like the, all of the shots of them like moving all the desks putting out all the laptops yes, getting them yes, back just like getting out yeah. my board like, yeah that was that, that actually that pumped me up and another thing with that is this movie, I kind of already said it with how they structure the movie, but just in general, stuff happens and then it gets talked about. You know, some movies like something happens and it's like a monster does a new thing and mm. nobody talks about it. And you're like, you just saw the monster have a whole new power set and nobody cares. But that's incredible. Like, wouldn't that blow everybody's yeah. mind that it sprouted wings and can fly now? <laughs> and then in this, again, they fly now. One thing happens. <laughs> oh, God. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, uh, but this one thing happens and then 15 minutes, everybody's talking about every yeah. possible thing. Thing that could have what it could mean and what how they could you know and and 90 or, or not 90 but like 75 percent of their guesses are wrong but that's mm. just like part of the fun is they're not right they're they're you know trying to pin it down as and then a race against time where it's mm-hmm. like okay we already waited two hours and now he destroyed the city because somebody told me he couldn't go on land so now you know 
just a really well built like a uh, uh, procedural. It's, procedural. A, it's a really really uh. awesome procedural, and also kind of reminded me of the uh, Vice and what's the other movie he did that really blew up about oh, the, the big housing crash. The Big Short, yeah. the way he Adam shoots McKay. dialogue yeah. and really fast paced kind of cheating. That that's actually a good point. That's what it felt like a little bit. And it's like a comedy, but it's not a comedy uh-huh. where like mm-hmm. just really ex- ex- loved it. No, I definitely like the social commentary angle for this movie. And I, I think that's uh, something that I feel like we're still going to get remakes. And I think the next one, Godzilla Minus One, is it a sequel or a remake again? It's, I think it's supposed to go back. It's like, isn't it doesn't take place in like the 40s? Or am I wrong? I'm not sure about the time period. So I, last week I said it was a sequel. It's not a direct sequel, but it is a new movie in the new Toho right. Godzilla yeah. universe. Yeah, because yeah, Ian, mm. you're right. Because I remember from the watching the trailer last night that it wasn't like World War II, post World War II. So I feel like are they going That's what back it to more? Like. It looks close. beautiful too. Yeah, it, it does. And the design of Godzilla looks really cool in that. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting that it's almost another like it's a similar movie again. We're gonna get with the, the you know Tokyo and Godzilla. Uh, and so I'm very curious of what, what what else would they do what they haven't done in this and what will they bring to this new one so I'm very very curious I wonder if they'll start breaking out the other monsters soon that's almost thinking they bring out the uh, is it Ghidorah yeah. or the the Mothra's uh, oh Mothra I, I love Mothra yeah Mothra it's a great name so I wonder if that's what's going to be because I was when I, after watching this one I was like yeah this one is more like the original because it's just Godzilla there's no other creatures that right. he he fights like even the 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 newer yeah. ones they all had creatures he fights which was cool it was cool to see but again it's not about the monster stuff it really is more about the social commentary with Japan and yeah. But this movie does, like Ian said already, this movie does deliver. Don't get me wrong. This is the most amazing Godzilla, actual Godzilla stuff I've seen, too. Yeah. Like when he's doing Godzilla oh, stuff, it's, it's the most inc- beautiful, like horrifying it's like Godzilla images. Like, yeah. yeah. Again, with that music. So another thing, Ian, too, that score, most of the music that's scoring Godzilla, I believe, is the from the original score right that makes yeah. sense, angelo yeah. mm-hmm. and so Same that thing. was also like the score that was playing when godzilla destroyed the city in the original mm. so it's also just again kind of how the original is structured tonally yeah. that's awesome i have another question for you guys and this is something i was confused by i don't know if you either of you can provide answers but there's a character named koyoko ann patterson and she plays like the u.s like ambassador or some type of envoy to the president, right? Mm, yeah. There's a couple scenes where she speaks English, yeah. um, which threw me off. But at the end of the movie, she says something about becoming the president of the United States. By 40, yeah. in her 40s. What's happening? How is that possible? I, I was like, because she seems like a Japanese born like I don't want to get into politics. But yeah. Like I'm guessing she just wasn't Japanese born. I'm guessing her family had. She's that's true. American Japanese. Okay, because I guess I was confused about what her role in the movie was. Like I thought she was just like the Japanese ambassador <laughs> to the U.S. Just, she's an aide to the president. An so I think, okay. I think she's basically like she's a senator's kid. They mentioned she oh. went to like a really nice school. So she's a young hotshot who's got pedigree education and uh when you have family involved that gives like you a nepo breaks. baby nepotism <laughs> yes and nepotism but so i think essentially she was like 
really close with the president and basically okay. the J- president's like we're dealing with japan you speak your japanese you know you're gonna help me coordinate oh. with the japanese government and so just sent her as like kind of his envoy Got to it. represent him in japan okay. since she was japanese and then i think the idea because he also the the japanese main character her counterpart the japanese government how would you guys do it in evacuation to be in charge of the evacuation or just to be in no, an just evacuation? Like, I'm, yeah, there, you just see a huge kaiju. <laughs> I would just like, oh, I would get wrecked. I mean, my thing is always get in the car as soon as I can yeah. get out. Yeah. Traffic's going to be the death. He's got yeah. And so if you can beat traffic and so don't take anything, right. ditch everything yeah. and just go. Tight in the same. Yeah. Like at this moment, I would just say, get in the car. I don't even get your shoes on. Like, yeah. John McClane style. Yeah, John McClane style. I'll do well, Tom Cruise off more about... of the worlds. Just, like <laughs> 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 just take all the things I kind of need. Yeah, all the little food. All right, yeah. let's go. Bye-bye. <laughs> they keep talking about the earthquake that's supposed to hit Seattle, you know? And I'm always like, huh, I wonder. Oh, that's right. Where will I be if that happens? Come up, come up here, Ian. Come up here. I know, I might have to take Seriously, refuge. Get out of the <laughs> so you're closer to the city of Seattle, Ian? Yeah, I'm actually close to the water though, which is like the Ooh. big thing where it's like if you if there's an earthquake, there's going to be um, a tsunami. Basically, I'm like in the worst part. Oh wow! <laughs> but yeah, we have a kayak, so like if there's like water in the city, we can just hop on the kayak. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I love this movie, man. I thought this was awesome. I I agree. It was. I was very surprised and re- glad. I'm glad you guys liked it because again, yeah. I was worried it was just kind of a slow, you know, foreign language film, which are, it can be great. Also, I think I said earlier, this is not a. Mo- this is a movie that I watch scenes on YouTube. Like I remember just hearing about the um, the uh, what do you call that blast that he does from his mouth? What is that? Got to have a oh, name. Fire breathing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot. I but no, or called. just more specifically, like the beam of light. I watched that scene so many times on YouTube, and I'm just like, well, I need to watch this movie. Breath, atomic breath. Atomic breath. That's what it atomic is. Breath. Atomic breath, according to a quick Google, or atomic heat beam is another one I'm that seeing. That sounds sick. It was. It was really one of the coolest. Like destroying a city monster mm-hmm. visuals or just like any calamitous cities falling apart movie some of the most like haunting yes stuff i've seen yeah and i mean it's sad to see but it's cool that this movie has no shame on showing like innocents really die like when the buildings are collapsing you see all these this poor little girl gets smashed <laughs> family like yeah. oh yeah <laughs> it's like whoa it was so sad it really was heartbreaking yeah. like, Wait, oh so that family's gone now they're right. just gone yeah. like, oh, f dude f no, I was just really thinking about like, wow, this really happened. Like, like just to be someone in that in that seat of power, that it is your decision. Like, w- just the aftermath of something like that, just yeah. like boggles oh my, my mind. I'm like, I don't even know where you would start. Like, I was, I actually watched Chernobyl Dude. recently, and just like all that stuff too. Just like the cleanup, and just it's like a natural disaster must be just. I, this makes it sound like I'm just diminishing those moments, but I mean, just like the aftermath, this must be incredible. This made me think about Hawaii too, watching this, oh, and yes. the, the recent oh, man. disaster in Maui yeah. and just the failure of uh, like, I, I know there's a ton of 
questions about what happened and I don't know anything about it other than lots of people died and, mm-hmm. and probably that's a failure of government ultimately and whether or not it could prevent it, who knows, but it, I've watched videos of people who were there and es- mm. escaped, but they're, they filmed themselves. There's one guy specifically with an awesome video or not awesome, awesome in a Godzilla sense. Like escape um, or a, yeah. Yes. Like the scope, I'm I mean. in awe of what's happening. This just did a great job of showing how hard it would be to respond and just yeah. how a bunch of people in a room talking, how easy it could be to get on the wrong track. Cause like in the very beginning, the guy says, I've seen videos and there's a monster and they're like, no, that's, they laugh at him. And so they ultimately start on the totally wrong direction of how to respond to this because some experts like it's Magna. We're pretty sure it's Magna, sir. And it's like, okay, we're going to say it's Magna. And I don't remember the very first scene when they first see Godzilla, but I, and I don't remember the conversation, but it almost sounds like a numbers game in their head. They're like basically like what, like the cost yes. cuttingness, the boats. We've we've already had to f- keep boats in the dock too exactly. long or something, which actually is like just really grim. It makes you think about things that are continuously happening in the world right now and just how that's probably the end game is just like, you Eventually, know, like yeah. numbers versus uh, human lives is just kind of uh, gross. I actually thought for a moment this was partially about COVID too, and I had to oh, be like, "Oh, this was pre-COVID." Yeah. There's a point where he goes to he looks at the screen. There's a few looking at camera moments that are interesting in the movie, but he looks at the camera and he goes, "It's biological, which means we can defeat it, and it means that we can understand it and we can like figure out how to beat it." Hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that's about COVID," and I was like, "Oh no, pre-COVID," but <laughs> still applies. Still, yeah, exactly. Like, and that's what it. makes movies so great, right? The messaging kind of stands. If, if there's truth to the message, mm-hmm. it'll be a true all like a long time. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up, do you guys have any other last thoughts or any random stuff that we didn't quite get to? Same. Uh, this made me really excited for the upcoming Godzilla movie, which I feel like mm-hmm. I would have watched eventually, but now I feel like I have to watch this right away. Like and especially yeah. on the Maybe big, like, theaters, dude. I wish I could have seen this in theaters. Exactly. I, I told this story last week. We tried mm-hmm. but missed it. When we try to go to that one Showtime and the only theater. Oh, in to see California. this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I saw the show. I was like, "This looks awesome." There was one showing, and I was like, "Well, yeah." We showed up early, tried to get tickets. It was sold out, and I re- regret it now. I, I got over it, but now I'm back to being majorly regretful of missing it. Yeah, yeah. Man, we got there early too, like an hour and a half before. <laughs> oh, and it was already nine in the morning for us. Yeah, eleven o'clock showing. Yeah, I guess everybody had the same thought because I don't know how I missed it. There must have been screenings we missed before that. I feel like it was one of those movies that just had like special events that you had to like catch somewhere hmm. online. Rob, we were naive, and, and we can't even buy the tickets online. We were like, oh, why can't we purchase nope. this? There's no link here. What, what is happening? Mm-hmm. It's so crazy, man. Travesty. Where? What theater were you trying to see it at? It was the the Lemley <laughs> Theater in Pasadena. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. on Colorado Boulevard. Yeah, which is it's a pretty Heck cool yeah. indie theater, and it was the only one showing that ten thirty showing or eleven thirty. One showing. showing. Uh-huh. <laughs> there were probably other ones, but that was the only one I ever found. I looked. We had it was quite the journey yeah, to get there too, so it was, it was fun. Do you, Ian, do you know if Godzilla minus one is getting a release theater release in the U.S. or is it going to be another? I would assume so. So I don't know if this is accurate, but one of the theaters in downtown Seattle plays a lot of Japanese language films or just like even like Southeast Asian films. I've noticed. Okay. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if it got a release. There's a couple of independent theaters, so that would be cool if they were showing. I don't even know when this movie comes out. So, According to Collider, it's going to get a U.S. release in theaters December 1st. You say, yep. Great. Just in time for the holidays. Hopefully it's playing in a lot of theaters and not just one theater in first exactly. state. Exactly. I know. In one showtime. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Do you guys know if it's the same director at all? Either it's a different guy. Different <clears throat> is interesting. So I'm, I want to look into this guy's stuff. You mentioned what was the other movie you mentioned? This guy had made in. He did a couple of Genesis Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is like oh, a popular yeah, anime yeah. franchise. I see that. And he also did the live action Attack on Titan, which I have not seen the anime or the live oh, action. Oh, interesting. So I think that was the. I heard the live action was bad. <laughs> I saw some visual effects sequences. I could see where they probably got him for like, you know, for the VFX like and practical stuff. Um, hmm. Well, interesting. I might have to check that out then if he directed it. I'm curious. Yeah. It looks like he's cool. making a movie called Shin Common Rider and it looks pretty sick. Interesting. And Shin just means resurgence. Is that true? Yeah, that's American. Another title, Godzilla Resurgence, was another. That's the real title. Shin Ultraman. Do you guys remember Ultraman? Shin Ultraman. Yeah. Ultraman is badass. <laughs> I gotta have like a marathon. Marathon those and all these other Godzilla movies. Like the HBO Max has the I'm gonna the... keep watching them. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish King of Monsters tonight oh, and I, I wanna God get to speed. the next real <laughs> sequel again. I know. <laughs> I discovered it because I had this DVD back then that had the original and that movie on the second discs. And I was always confused. I'm like, well, what's the point of the second one? If this is just like the first with with this white dude. Oh, it was like a double release. Yeah. Yeah, because the real sequel is Godzilla Raids Again. Hmm. That's the one that's right. That's more of a sequel to the original. The true sequel. I watched the first few minutes and that's already kind of in tone with what the original was trying to do. So, but good to know. Yeah. King of Monsters, people get scared. What year was that? Do you know? I think that was 56. Six, so it came out the same year as the American re-release thing. Oh, yeah. Around there, cool. Wow. Well, this was very fun. Um, I was so, I genuinely was so excited to talk to you guys. Me and Angelo talked for a few minutes before the call, and I was like already starting to get on all my rants. So <laughs> I, yeah. um, I'm grateful you guys watched it and were able to come on this week to talk about it. And... Next week, Angelo is going to be off. So it'll be me and Ian and maybe another guest. We'll see how that goes. Ian, yes. would you like to pick the movie for next week? Yes. Okay, so quick question. Do you want to watch something that's kind of in line with The Fall of Man or something completely okay. different? So in the fall, line of The Fall of Man. How does this sound to you? Okay. Ready? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. OMG, the, the newer one, right? The newer one, which I yeah, think... Yeah, let's do it. In my mind, one of the most underrated movie oh. franchises. Have you seen these oh. movies? <laughs> this will be a fun one to talk about. I'm excited. People, I've, I've got notes where you gave me notes, I think, early on that we need to disagree more. So this will be a great oh opportunity God. to talk about oh my how God. we feel about a franchise very oppositely okay. i hate the planet of the eight movies the new ones 
Uh-huh. What? Okay, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Actually, I'm so excited to talk to you about him, and and I'll I'll give okay. it a I'll give it an honest rewatch and try to revisit it. And maybe maybe they've changed on me, but originally they gave me a headache. It was just too much CGI. Oh my god! Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just remember like there was a lot of cool, thrilling storylines in the sequels. Uh, Dawn and War gets the sequels pretty interesting. Are amazing. Yeah, uh, but I They're did so grow good. up with. With, it's it's because I, I did grow up with the old Charlton Heston movies. They're all I don't know if right. you've ever seen the yeah. old ones. Are so bizarre, but uh, I saw the first old. The first old one's awesome. Yeah, I, I, that was another one. I was surprised with how good it was. Ah, uh, if you guys Wait. talk about this when I'm not around, we got to talk about the old ones at one point because it has an interesting storyline. We can we can definitely Angela, do a follow. We can we can pa. I would love to have talk talk to you about this one too. And this yeah. is not the 2001. Planet of the Apes, directed oh, by Tim Burton, by the way. Oh, dude, that would be a fun one, too. I, okay, I, I, I kind of okay. like that. These one. are all fascinating movies. Can we movies, bookmark this one, then? Actually. Can we bookmark this? Yeah, because okay, no, I do want to talk about the originals, I didn't, I didn't mean okay. to shit on it, Ian. I'm, I'm just trying to more be... No, 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 because... Uh, no, no, no. I think it's good okay, to disagree. Cool. Okay, let me let me pivot. Give me one second. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. So on Letterboxd, you can make lists. I have a list of movies that I'd like to talk about. No and you can filter out things depending on what streaming service you have. So I'm doing okay, that currently cool. right now. I'm going through my and multiple... And one thing I will ask you in before yeah. you finally decide, yeah. I do kind of want it to be in theme, some way connected to the to this week's movie. It can be any connection that you can think of. It doesn't have to be <sighs> okay. direct. Like you could just say, it reminded me of this. The music was like the similar. That's just like one thing I've been... That's one okay. I'll say. I'll say that. Okay. I request that, um, please, for me. So... <laughs> If that's the <laughs> Not case, to give you another no, no, no. Hold on. I'm I'm going through. I'm looking. Um, hmm, how do I connect this? Okay, uh, the theme is old epics, or or cool. or like the idea of old Hollywood, or like the, the idea of like of movie making in terms of like okay. the original Godzilla. So. With that being the case, we will be watching. Give me a second. Angela, I'm so sorry if you want to watch this. But we good. are going to watch Mad Max Fury Road. Ah, nice. Angela, I'm so... I can pivot. I can pivot. Well, I can, we can talk about it. I feel like I've talked about that movie, but not on this podcast. So we could always do another Mad Max episode about a different movie, but... Yeah, it's fine. You guys can talk about that. Especially that deals with nuclear fallout. Okay, hold on. So we can do that. <laughs> or there's a found footage monster movie out there. <laughs> I know there is. Or so my so when I was talking, so my ode to like old movies was Hail Caesar. That was my other pick. I'm into that. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, this is gonna have to go to the wheel. We're gonna go to the wheel. We're gonna Hail add, Caesar. Yeah, go to the wheel. We're gonna add Hail Caesar. And we're not going to be adding the other Caesar, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So we will be going to Mad Max. They're saving it. Oh, that's funny. And let's add a third movie just for fun. Throw in um, a curveball. See, this is what I do every fucking week when I'm trying to watch a movie. I, love I come this. up with no, you don't. No, it's actually making me mad. My other pick that I'm just going to throw in as a curveball is yeah. the 1985 movie directed by Peter Weir. Um, starring Harrison Ford, and that is Witness. I'm going to add that to the pool. Writing Witness. Mm, okay. Have you seen that movie? 
I don't think so. I think it's one actually I just there was a VHS for on the street and I went, huh, witness with Harrison Ford. That sounds cool. Have you seen this movie? You've seen this movie, Angelo. You know, that's been on my watch list for so long. Um, oh, my God. I know that's the... It's I always so see good. clips from it. It's like the Yamish yeah. like, community, right? Yamish one. And you I know that also has... Viggo Mortensen. Oh, is it Viggo Mortensen? Cool. And a cool... Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Because I know Kelly McGillis from Top Gun's in it. and uh, That's right. I think this is the first film of Lucas Haas, I think. I think this could be. Because I've seen pictures of, like, he's a little kid in this movie. With there you go. That's him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he is in it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like Lucas Haas a lot. He was born in 76. Wow. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Okay, are we comfortable with this? Cool. I'm yeah. going to spin the wheel right I, now. I love it. Roll the dice, baby. Okay. Hold on. Letting it spin a little bit. All right, it's spinning. Do you hear that? Okay, I'm not looking. We're watching Witness. Yeah, I knew it was going to be Witness. I knew it. (laughs) That's great. I love it. Cool. All right. Next week, we will be watching Witness from Peter Weir. It looks like it was made in 1985 or released in 1985. Two people wrote the screenplay. That's interesting. About Amish Boy. Cool. (laughs) About Amish Boy. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) It's hot. That was awesome. Thank you guys for doing this. Angelo, we'll miss you next week, but hopefully you'll be back very soon. Ian, excited that you will be here next week. Perhaps another guest. Uh, We'll be watching Witness. All right. Favorite quotes from Shin Godzilla, if you have them. Uh, I think my favorite quote from the film was when they get the those call like Godzilla's walking towards Tokyo and then one of the politicians like face was like, oh, why is he going to Tokyo again? <laughs> I don't know why, that just made me laugh so hard. And I think that's Does he actually line. say that to her or just his face? He said that. I think he says, why is he going to Tokyo again? It's just so frustrating. <laughs> that's great. This is from Hiromi Agashira and they say, man is more frightening than Gojira. Nice. Not bad. So true. And it might have just be the, uh, when he's trying to tell everybody the action plan and the, the three confused guys go, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great beat. <laughs> well, cool. All right, everybody. You know what to do. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie.